Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our, our podcast for today. Um, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Adele Guillo. I am, um, I am the founder and executive director of the Theology of the Body community of Acadiana. And we have a, a very distinguished guest today with us. Uh, Miss Brenda Desormo. Hey, Brenda. Hey, bonjour. Hey, comment ça va? <laughs> ça va bien, merci. Uh, great. Let me tell you a little bit why we're so excited about the program today. Um, we're going to be talking, we're going to be bringing in some history and some, some documents. I like that kind of stuff. The document is called Humane Vitae, uh, which is Latin for of human life and that's something that Brenda knows a lot about and uh, we want to see about some of the things that were said in the document that uh, might be uh, in some ways prophetic as we look at, uh, at the condition of the world as it is right now. So let me give you a little bit of context about Humanae Vitae and why it was even necessitated, why it was written in the first place. Okay, so uh, put on your little think cap, and we're going back in time a little bit and try to picture this, okay? So it's around the mid to late 1880s. So that's what, 100, 150 so years ago. The term eugenics was coined as a response to concern over, guess what, global population overflow hmm. they were beginning to get concerned somebody thought that there were so many people that we were going to run out of food and resources and so some people uh got the idea and used certain outlets uh to send out information and to use sort of scare tactics of people, oh no, oh no, the sky's falling, we're not going to have enough food, and there's too many people. Um, and this kind of caught on in some of the circles, kind of like, you know, this woke stuff is. And um, one of the main, or the most famous, I should say, um, eugenicists was Adolf Hitler. And most of us are familiar what he did uh, during World War II and, and, and how they had, it, it led to his attempt to exterminate a certain group of people um so um i think we know brenda that he was not the only eugenicist there there's another one that has to do and she was an american yes who's that margaret sanger what did she do she was the founder of planned parenthood and uh, uh it should be called planned unparenthood unparent no parents yes don't be a parent because that's what she started was uh, uh the idea that we can control god's plan for humanity and 
uh, it's deeply rooted uh, where contraception came into being, abortion was, and all of that has been the result of Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, and they had they had a big microphone. We have a little microphone, but I have a feeling we got the truth, and I have a feeling that we're going to, with the help perhaps of the Holy Spirit, uh, no doubt, get it out on the airwaves, and it's going to... We we gonna do a number on that. Yeah, the truth doesn't yeah. need a big microphone. No, we it's it's gonna go. It's gonna roll uh, like a flood of water. That'll be great. I uh, can't I can't wait personally, <laughs> and I don't think you can either. But anyway, right. let's go back to our putting things in context. Okay, so in 1917, all right, everybody, y'all still got your little thinking caps on. All right, here we go. So in 1917, this is what I don't know, 20, 30 years after this idea of eugenesis, right? Okay, so 1917, Fatima, Portugal, that's in Europe, okay, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to three little children on several occasions. And to one of those, she gave a number of messages to these children, uh, but to one of them in particular, her name was Lucia or Lucia, she told her that there was going to be a huge battle with Satan over marriage and the family. Um, Voila. And so, guess what? Your pal, Ma- Margaret Sanger? No, not your pal. <laughs> Pardon me, not her. Not your pal. Uh, your nemesis. Anyway, uh, so Margaret Sanger, guess what year she started her diabolical work? 1917. 1917. And so, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, can you fill us in a little bit on what, what her plan was? What, what was she going on? You kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. She well, wanted to uh, what? Well, she wanted to uh, uh, eliminate uh, that. She believed that women should be free from the burdens of children and housekeeping and, of course, advocating sexual freedom, mm-hmm. engaging in sex outside of marriage, just have sex with anyone, anywhere, anytime. And, of course... Uh, no strings attached. No strings attached. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can see it in our in our... Uh, moral society today. Absolutely. So, so there were some radical thinking people, right? Looks like they they would come. They were cooking up these ideas. Right. They were getting it their own. Okay. So, all right. So here here these people come onto the public stage, and and they interrupt what had been happening for over two thousand years. Every religion, all the major religions of the whole world, the world, taught the immorality of contraception up until right around this time, you see? And so since all of the religions embraced it and all of the people who were uh, contained in those religions, they pretty much followed it. They all agreed. They knew. They knew that it was immoral to tamper with the transmission of human life. So... That all changed. That changed. Guess when? 1930. The Anglican Church held what was called or what is known as the Lambeth Conference. This was in England. And they decided that contraception could be used in certain circumstances, they said, after prayerful consideration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But they were breaking with the 2,000-year history of all religions who preach the immorality of contraception, dealing with something that's 
God's prerogative, okay? So contraception, they said, was unnatural, it was illicit, and it could not be used up until 1930. And then after 1930, when the Anglican Church began to permit it, all the other religions, like a bunch of dominoes, you can picture that, they all started falling for it, okay? So, so one after the other, all of the denominations, Protestant, um, you know, the Buddhists, the Hindus, all of those, all, all of the, the Christian Christians, churches. Protestants, everybody, Catholics. Everybody, not Catholics, not Catholics yet. Hang on, we're getting to that. So every religion began to permit this except the Catholic Church. All right, now remember, our topic today is the document Humanae Vitae. Right. So I'm, I'm setting all this up so that people will understand where this document came from and why it's so important. Okay, so approximately 30 years would go by after 1930. So use your, your math numbers there. Okay, 30 plus, 1930 plus 30, that's easy. What's that? As around 1960, okay, and the pressure was mounting, and people were looking into this and trying to figure out what they were going to do about it. And uh, in 1960, the FDA approved the contraceptive pill, and it was it hit the market, and people just thought it's best thing since sliced bread, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so, so we know that as the pill was was put on the market and people were were buying it in massive numbers starting first with those non-catholics they were using it and then the catholic people are looking at this and saying wait a minute what about us you know basically so let me just recap real quick because we've been gone oh we're almost at a hundred years now so let me (laughs) let me remind you okay um there's a lot that had been building up. The eugenics, the eugenics movement was claiming that they needed to uh, free women. That was the Margaret Sanger part. Free women by reducing the population. Oh, population bomb, blah, blah, blah. Too many people. Okay, the Blessed Virgin Mary had appeared. She told us to prepare for a battle. And that using uh, uh, certain chemicals, the U.S. government approved. Thank you very much that um, buying contraceptives and using them was legal for American citizens, okay? So um, the people, the Catholic people, turned to their pope, their leader, and said, we need direction. Give, get, tell us what all about this. It's, it's, it's in the headlines every day. It's in the news all the time. What about it? And so he called a commission together. He had biologists, scientists, doctors, married couples, priests, theologians, the whole group, and he put them on the task of researching and reporting back to him, which they did. Now, not everybody on that commission agreed with everybody on the commission. And so uh, the Pope took it to prayer, and what he came up with after, you know, diligently praying for the good of the people and God's will, the answer to the use of contraception was no. No, N-O, no. And that set off a firestorm of, uh, of rebellion. He said no in the document called Humane Vitae. It's an encyclical. And he said that, you know, just coming to some random decision about this, man is composite of body and soul. We're not just dealing body parts here. 
what we're doing is we got to consider the spiritual realm as well as the natural physical realm of man and his eternal uh, his eternal destiny. And um, what he did at that time uh, in this document, and it's not very long, um, he issued some warnings. These were to sort of uh, back up what it was that he felt or knew as the as the shepherd um, of the people that was likely to happen or, or inevitably was going to happen. And uh, I'm going to ask you about this. So let's just see real quick. I'm quoting from a paragraph 17 in Humani Vitae. If anybody's out there looking it up, you can find it exactly word for word uh, as he stated it. I'm going to kind of summarize it uh, and briefly mention it. He said, if we widely would adopt contraceptive methods of all sorts, the first thing that he warned us about would there would be an increase of marital infidelity. Okay? He also said there would be a general lowering, lowering of moral standards. Happening. Hello. Okay, wait, I'm coming. You go get your turn. <laughs> I've, been, I've been hogging the phone here. Okay, all right. He said a, a lowering of moral standards, but especially among the young. Oopsie, that's our children, okay? Because they, need incent- they needed incentives because of human weakness. We're all weak. We're all weak, okay? Um, and he said that it was an evil thing to make it easy for them to break the natural law. I have a feeling that's kind of what you're, you're dealing with. Okay, just a minute. One or two more things real quick, and then I'm turning it over to you. He gives us, uh, he said there's an alarm that's ringing in his head. Listen to this. That a man who grows accustomed to the use of contraceptive methods may forget the reverence due to a woman. Now, there's a word you don't hear anymore. (laughs) Reverence due to a woman and would reduce her to being a mere instrument for his own satisfaction and desires and not as his precious partner that God created her to Mm -hmm. be for him. Oopsie daisy. Yep. And then he goes on to warn us about the dangers of the government taking over the authority to enforce on people contraceptive methods that they think are the most effective. Anybody, China, remember the one-child rule? Yeah? Okay. And you know what? Um, I'm going to slow this thing down. I'm I'm getting tired of talking, and I'm turning (laughs) it over to you, Brenda, because we need to fact check. Was this guy right? Was he actually prophetic in his statements? What is your experience on the ground? You've been dealing with this for a long time. How did? How do you see his prophecies manifesting themselves? He was 100% correct. Yep. I have been dealing with it for 22 years now. And, of course, it has been the uh, uh, moral doctrine of the ma- and the magisterium of the church against uh, marriage is... A, 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 to be a respected moral practice, and uh, been that's been the magisterium of the church since the beginning of time. Right. 
Uh, but, and also, what we have to keep in mind is, you know, I, uh, we have abortion clinics all over. We have women getting pregnant outside of marriage. And That's been going on. Yes, yeah. and now abortion, well, it was just the, the, the 73 decision of abortion, legalizing abortion has just been overturned. Hello. But for the last uh, 50 years, it was legal, and we have been seeing girls who want abortions or who don't want their child. And the, the, the contraceptive mentality Abortion is deeply rooted in the contraceptive mentality. That's what started it all. If you can, contraception is saying, I don't want a child, I'm not going to have a child, and I'm going to take a pill so that I don't get pregnant. Well, with that mentality, if your pill and no contraception is 100% effective. True, true. So... Uh, it, you know, if you forget to take the pill one day out of the month, mm -hmm. if the condom breaks, uh, all these forms of artificial contra contraception are never 100% effective. And I know that because I deal with it every day. Every day. Every and day. I, um, so the contraceptive mentality has led us to abortion, and abortion is about as ungodly as it's the culture of death. We are destroying humanity. We have killed over 63 million babies in the last 50 years. Legally? Legally. And, you know, legalizing abortion or unlegalizing it is not going to change the woman if we don't get to the root of the problem, Got which that. is chaste relationships, not to engage in marriage, in sex outside of the sacredness of marriage between a man and a woman, a woman who have committed for life to be with each other and respect each other and raise children. That is God's plan, not mine. It is God's plan for humanity, the marriage of a man and a woman. And we have lost it now, and this is 2022, and... Uh, we, like I said, we have destroyed millions of babies, and I think that through this podcast and other uh, methods that we can bring the truth to our people so that they will understand that the real solution to all of this is chastity, chaste relationships. So uh, it's, it's, it's the truth. You know, God said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is very simple. It's not rocket science. <laughs> mm -hmm. But our, our children have fallen for the lie. That's it. And we need to be disciples. And that's what we're doing here today. We're being disciples and we're bringing it. And uh, I do know that Pope St. John Paul, and we're going to talk about him for in just a second, um, he said in um, uh, a document, a different document, that he wrote at when he was pope called The Splendor of Truth. And he said that when we normalize our fallen behavior, and that's what you're talking about, we normalize, everybody's doing it, everybody's living with mm -hmm. everybody, mm -hmm. nobody's getting married, okay? When we normalize our fallen behavior, we will never become who God intended us to be. 
We are greater than what's going on right now. We've lost sight of it. You know, you can't have God in school and all, you know, all those kinds of things. We've lost we've lost our way mm -hmm. and we need to get back on track about who we are, whose we are and how we're supposed to live our lives to be in, in good relationship with God who created us and gave us this whole world to live in as a gift. That's okay. Right. So um, there is some good news. And, and yes, of course, overturning Roe v. Wade and all of that. We're, we're taking steps in the right direction and certainly this podcast and our uh, Theology of the Body Community of Acadiana that is, you know, uh, putting the, these podcasts on um, here. Uh, uh, what I'd like to say right now is that this, this uh, attempt or this need this hunger for the truth. We, we have someone who addressed this for us. What is the truth here? Everything is so topsy-turvy, upside down, going in every direction. Nobody knows. Nobody know, we've lost our way. We're lost. Okay. However, there is someone who came in um, five years after Roe v. Wade. So what is that? Roe v. Wade... 1973, mm -hmm. five years later, 1978, Pope John Paul II was elected the Pope, okay? And he almost immediately began offering us lessons that he had prepared that actually um, enhance or give the total vision that Pope Paul had said was needed in order to put contraception uh, and, and the whole of humanity into context. We can't just put these different parts of us in boxes. We're, we're not just bits and pieces. We're an entity. We're body and soul. And what our bodies do affects our souls. And what comes out of our souls gives us the drive to do what we do in our bodies. We've got to get those in sync. We've got to make them work together for our good and for the good of humanity. And so what John Paul did in, in er, very early in his pontificate, he began giving us um, homilies. He used a, a homily format. But the collection of the homilies is put together, and he, he named them Man and Woman, He Created Them. Okay. And taken all together, there's 129 homilies or, let's say, chapters in this, this story that he gives us that is the true and total vision of man as intended by God, okay? And so as he gives us these, these, these lessons, he takes us on this journey into who we are, where we came from. There was a time in the garden before Adam and Eve sinned that there was bliss, Mm -hmm. There was bliss, this man and this woman together, okay? That was God's original plan. And what the theology of the body does for us, it brings us back there, shows us what that was, shows us how we've fallen from that, the mess we've created, which you experience every single day, and most of us in some way, shape, or form have also experienced in different ways, maybe in our family. But here we are, and so now, using this beautiful teaching the theology of the body man and woman he created them we can return to the truth 
And that's what we want to get out over here, okay? That's right. Okay. And that's and what theology of the body is, the truth. It's the it's, truth. It's, it's based on God's plan for humanity. God's plan uh, for humanity. And guess what? You said we haven't addressed the root cause no matter how many marches. I remember you told me this when you and I first began to collaborate on this. You said, look, Adele, um, we've marched marches, we've prayed rosaries, we've had bills enacted in the legislature, and yes, we did save babies and we helped moms. Many, 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 and I'm so grateful for that. But the number of crisis pregnancies never goes down. No, they go up. They go up. They are still going up. And they're going to continue to go up. And you said to me, I remember this, you said... The reason is because we've never addressed the root of the, of the problem. And the you said that problem. earlier. That's we right. got to address the root. And the root is the truth. And, and, and that, that people have bought the lie. So we got to straighten that out. And the truth is chaste relationships. Chaste relationships. Like bottom said, line. That's God's plan. Yes. And because um, now that uh, the uh, evil abortion Roe v. Wade decision has been overturned and is now not accepted, uh, that means our situation, our clients here at the uh, Women's Center of Lafayette and the Desarmo Foundation, it already is happening. We are seeing more clients than ever before because now they think that abortion is not legal, so they can't consider that. So now they are coming here to see how they can get help and how, but the the bottom of the line still remains the same. Yes, I'm dealing with the problem. Mm-hmm. The solution is don't engage in sex until you are married. That's the solution because, and that's the truth. The truth. That's the truth, and 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 so as the need for help increases, and you you're doing a great job, but you for sure you need more resources. Uh, Absolutely. For, for the increasing numbers, I mean, and it's only going to go up until we get people to understand the that truth. their be the truth that their behavior need not be this. This is what's bringing us down. And the Pope in in 1968 warned us. That's theology that, of the body. And there we go. And the theology of the body is the answer to this. Um, and he said that. He did. He said it was the anecdote to the culture of death. The theology of the body is the antidote. So we've been poisoned, this lie. We bought it. The snake bit us. That's okay, right. we got it. <laughs> okay, so, and, and we are in bad shape. So in order to, to reverse the poison, we have to have the antidote. And the antidote is the, the, is the truth, and it happens to be contained in the theology of the body, which is nothing really new. It's a study of... The scriptures, that's, that's what right. it is. God's plan for man and for woman humanity. since the very beginning. So, you know what? I think we're probably on, on overtime. I don't know. Maybe so. <laughs> we're good. Uh, our, our program manager, Tom Viator, says that uh, he gave me a thumbs up. So he says, uh, or he, uh, I'm, I'm going to conclude this in just a second. So a point, though, that we have to make because of this, this, um, this uh, this podcast and uh, the name of it is Handbook for Humanity. That's what we've decided to call it. Well, the number one underlying fundamental beginning principle to need a handbook to help us to get through life, 
see what it means to be human, you got to have a life. You got to be born. So if you're conceived because God has a plan for you on this earth some kind of way, we'll, we'll find out what that is as we live. But we got to live first. That's so right. you got to help these people to give birth to these babies and um, and also to try to to scale back the numbers of these people who are who are who are yes. following this law. And I, I'm just uh, thinking if the culture of death started with contraception, then it can end with chastity. And Bingo. Theology of the body, of course, is the answer to the both. Both. We are uh, in the middle of hopefully overturning the idea that there's the, the chaste relationships are not possible. Of course they are. Of That's course they're the beginning. possible. <laughs> yes. Like but, I said, yes. if the culture of death started with contraception, then the culture of death can end without contraception. We will be leading uh, chaste lives. Chaste lives. Chaste lives. Actually, uh, very interestingly, okay, I'd like to close with this. It's right on target. Um, from the Gospel of Life from St. John Paul, he says... Um, and this is paragraph 97 of the Gospel of Life, if anybody's looking that one up. He says, there is a need for education about the value of life from its very origins. It is an illusion, an illusion to think that we can build a true culture of human life if we do not help the young to accept and experience sexuality and love and the whole of life according to their true meaning and their close interconnection. Um, yeah. Yes, we have to get the word out to them. And he says that sexuality as a gift of self in love, that's where we have to go. And that's what the theology of the body focuses on, that we have to, we have to learn that human sexuality was created by God to, to, for a woman to give herself as a gift to a man. And the man to receive the woman as a gift, not an object. And in the sacredness in of In the marriage. sacredness of marriage. It's a total gift of self where you say, I love you so much that I'm willing to commit my whole life to you and raise children that that's are permanent right. and, yes. and, and give them a, a stable home. Yes. yes. And that's what uh, he says that we need to do. I hope that uh, you will be tuning in weekly to our podcast. There's a lot more to this story that we want to give you. Um, it's our podcast. It's called Handbook for Humanity. Thank you for listening. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we reference and discuss in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We are available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations. 
Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.